0: Ye- yesterday afternoon I had <clears throat> I had just finished listening to him there you go I had just finished listening to him I you know uh, we we sold we sold out of the 200 books that we bought and you guys have been following along and some people have been reading it online cuz you can uh, you could also get the emails and I've been listening in on the podcast and so I was listening to him and and yesterday's holy saturday message was pretty stark <laughs> Jesus was killed and his body hastily thrown into a new tomb that they had borrowed. And that's in my ears when around the same time a certain person in my family says, we gotta go to to Walmart, Dad. We gotta gotta go to Walmart. And I'm thinking, death sounds pretty... uh." And so we get in the car, and we drive to Walmart. Julie had already been there, said she'd made it to the middle of the store, saw the chaos and pandemonium, and just walked out. That was yesterday. And here we were. And it wasn't as bad, because we slipped in through the garden entrance. But before we could get inside, there's a dad. And I looked at him closely to, um, to make sure that he wasn't any of our people. There was a dad, and he's yelling at his daughter. She, I don't know, four years old. She had the, she had the height of a four-year-old. And he's yelling at her. And I'm, I'm walking away going, don't say anything. And, and, and we go when we purchase, or we, we go when we find what we need, and we're walking back, and up the aisle from us is a, is a guy, a different guy, and he's yelling at the woman he's with. Girlfriend, fiancé, wife, I don't know, they're like grown-ups. And he's yelling at her. In fact, he's actually cussing her. He's, he's cussing her. And I'm thinking about my 14-year-old standing next to me, and I was like, I, I guess you've heard those words before, but I don't like it. And then, we, and then we get to the cash register, and the guy two in front of me is, uh, two in front of us is, uh, he's, he's pretty nice and under control, but, but apparently he had bought some stuff, some plants, because we're in the garden section, and he bought some plants a day or two ago, and, uh, and he's come back and he's realized that they've overcharged him. And it looks like he's right, and Walmart is wrong, and it uh, and, um, and was like a $6 difference total. <coughs> and, uh, and, and the Walmart cashier guy tells him, well, I'm afraid uh, we can make it right, but you're going to have to bring us the plants. And the guy says, they're in the ground. <laughs> and he's got the blue vest on, and he says, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and that's it. And the guy gets right to the verge of yelling at the cashier over six bucks. And he doesn't and he walks away and huffs off. And, and and each one, one, two, three of the angry men at Walmart, I, I want to tell them, Happy Easter, man. <laughs> but I don't, right? <clears throat> Happy Easter. What has made you so angry? Because it's not six bucks. And it's not the fact that she didn't put on the seatbelt fast enough. And it's not the fact that she had taken an extra lap around like the moisturizer aisle. Come on, dude. What's made you so angry? there is a story from Easter morning and a story from Easter night, and each one offers a lesson for the angry men of Walmart. Maybe it's a lesson for us as well. I invite you to hear now the Word of God as we find our way into Luke's culminating stories of the journey that Jesus has taken to Jerusalem and this very moment it's Luke chapter 24 and we'll read the first 12 verses very early in the morning on the first day of the week the women went to the tomb bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. Suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming, bright clothing. The women were frightened and bowed their faces toward the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Remember what he told you While he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again, then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But, but Peter ran to the tomb. When he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth. Then he returned home, wondering what had happened. Peter returned home, wondering what had happened. 40 days we've been listening to Jesus, but and I don't think I've said this in the previous six Sundays, so forgive me, I'm going to try to squeeze it in today. Not only have we been listening to Jesus, we've also been listening to Luke. Because because I have an understanding of the way that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Bible to say that God was absolutely at work in every word, every letter, every phrase, every idea and concept that's contained in this holy living document, but there were human hands involved too. God chose humanity to be messengers of this. And so Luke's fingerprints are also what we've, been, what we've been watching and following, and it's Luke's words and his choices and his decisions to tell this story here instead of here and, and to tell this story with this emphasis instead of this emphasis. And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell their version of the exact same story slightly differently, and that's okay because all of us tell our versions of the story slightly differently, and yet they're true. So we've been listening to Luke, and Luke has chosen this day to arrange the story of Easter such that this is the point. They didn't get it. It says the women got there, ready to do the task, and they can't. And then two angels show up And remind them, remember he said all this. And at first they're confused, but then they get it. And then Peter later on gets to the tomb and sees exactly what the women had described. Exactly what Jesus had told him. Not once, twice, but three times in the previous 11 chapters. And it finishes with, he went home. Not getting it, wondering what had happened. It's okay to not get it right away. It's, it's okay for it to not make complete sense right away. This is the message of Easter. If at first you don't succeed, welcome to life. See, see, because life and the purpose of life are much less about certainty than they are imagination that is this dawning understanding. I wrote this down the other day. I'm going to read it. Easter faith requires imagination. Christian faith demands imagination. In fact, there is much more imagination here in the story of Easter than any talk of obedience. I'm all for obedience. I'm a firstborn. I'm I, I'm I'm a rule follower. I'm 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 actually for ethics and justice in ways that drive other people crazy. I'm for those things. All of that is fundamental. And if, and, if you, and, if, and if you need a steady dose of that, even before next Sunday, come see me on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, give me a call, shoot me a text. I'm for all those things. But on Easter Sunday morning, none of that appears in the stories. Instead of obedience, what, what the church is asked to bring is imagination. Listen, listen. The women, and I'm going to have to say this, the women got it first, guys. The women got it first. And every man in the room turn to the nearest woman around you and say, thanks for including me later on. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, really. The women got it first and then the men later on the women, and then the men, Peter and the disciples. The first, the first activity of Easter is wrestling with these miraculous and confusing events and asking, ready? What if? What if he's not dead after all? What if? What if their torture didn't work? What if, what if their sticks and stones didn't ultimately break his bones? What if? The, the Easter story s- starts not with certainty, but with the courage to imagine. What if it's true? And then the church records that the testimony is that none of them understood it right away. Which which leads me to finish this, this first point by saying be careful of anyone whose certainty leaves no room for imagination. Because that's not Easter faith. And this is the stuff of that Easter morning, but, but the story continues. You see, you see, there were more than just twelve disciples now, minus Judas eleven. There were, there, were, there, were, there were more than just those, those men. There were women included. And then there were others that were a part of the movement that had been following all along. They weren't, they weren't named and listed, but, but, but there they were. And, and two of those disciples had left town right after the news had broken that the body was missing. And on the way out of town, headed, I believe, to the north and to the west, traveling down the road they encounter a stranger who comes alongside of them and they're talking about what they've seen not just not what not just what they've seen on uh, uh, you know on, on 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 last sunday or monday or tuesday in the temple or or then even on thursday night and friday on the cross but but what they had heard and they had seen on sunday morning and what and what they're talking about is that i can't believe all this has happened and the guy walks up the stranger does and says what are you talking about? And they're blown away. How can you, a Jew who's walking out of Jerusalem, not know everything that's just been talked about? Everything that's just occurred? And he proceeds, he proceeds to, to tell them a story that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And when they arrive seven miles later to the, to the place, where they were going to stop for the night, and the stranger goes to walk on. It says that they urged him to stay. You get the sense that they wanted to hear more. And this is, so this is the story of Easter night. And it continues this way. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. After he took a seat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him, for he dis- but he disappeared from their sight." They said to each other, weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road and when he explained the scriptures for us? They got up right then and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying to each other, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Simon. Then the two disciples described what had happened to them along the road and how Jesus was made known to them as he broke the bread. While they were saying these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. They were terrified and afraid. They thought they were seeing a ghost. He said to them, why are you startled? Why are doubts arising in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. It's really me. Touch me and see for a ghost doesn't have flesh and bones like you see that I have. As he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Because they were wondering and questioning in the midst of their happiness, he said to them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of baked fish. Taking it, he ate it in front of them. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law from Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And this is what he says. This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. I'm, I'm sticking with, that. I'm sticking with that, that verse right there towards the end. The church church captures it. It says, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And a change of heart and life for the forgiveness of sins must be preached in his name to all nations. Do, Do you see what the first women and men of the church did on Easter Sunday? They believed They believed as much as they possibly could in life. But they held on to the suffering. There's the proclamation. Christ will suffer and rise from the dead. They kept the suffering. Which is another way of saying the church proclaims, we're going to Sunday but we can't get to Sunday without first experiencing Friday. We believe in the resurrection, but the resurrection only comes after the suffering. We believe in life everlasting, but but it first must experience death. This is good news to any person in the room that's hurting. This is good news to any person in the room who's heartbroken. This is good news to any person in the room who had something and has lost it. And this is good news. To any man who shows up at Walmart angry. Or or any woman who's so mad over the way things have happened. Or, or, or Or any young person who can't wait for it to get here. For things to be made right. This is good news. If you are in the grave, it's okay. If you are hurting, it's all right. For the very first disciples, suffering. Suffering is included because it leads to resurrection. Which begs the question, if if we don't believe that every crucifixion, every every torturous moment, every, every trial and tribulation, if we don't believe that every single one of those low points can't be redeemed, then no wonder we're mad. then then no wonder we're angry. Then no wonder our witness in the world looks terrible. Could Could it be that we've lost our way because we've lost our ability to imagine that it's true? Hear the good news. For those that don't understand all of it, for those who are hurting, even for those who are not certain of what they believe or who they are, Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, and death has been conquered. Let's pray. Gracious God, our prayers for the church around the world this day that rises to news that persecution continues. For your faithful followers in Sri Lanka who are mourning the loss of life at the sound of explosions and destruction on Easter Sunday morning in a church of all places. Lord, hear our prayer. But we know that persecution isn't limited to faraway places. Lord, give us your church the courage to imagine That everything we believe could be true. Lord, let it get into our hearts where we need the healing. Let it get into the places where hurt still remains. Heartache and loss and bitterness. And may all of this be resurrected. That you would get the glory. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen.